When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event, Mark's podcast, now on the Unhinged Sports Network. I am lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Troy, and as always, is my co-host with the most. He is the main event collector and WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, the pig to my low-key big hog. He is Greg. How you doing, Greg? Uh, You brought up that trash. At least I'm the naked guy. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you're uh, the not yet naked Midian. Yeah, that was money, man. You know, they never did tell us what the I and the O stood for. It was just Phineas O and, or no, it was Phineas I and Henry O. So, Do you really need an explanation? <laughs> no, but I don't know. I'm getting flashbacks to that. Uh, episode of the simpsons where homer j simpson found out that the j just stood for j <laughs> it was like a big reveal Ugh, but Is anyway it wrong that i think the i stood for inbred anyways oh my gosh well, you're probably not wrong well ladies and gentlemen today we are talking about wwf in your house eight beware of dog part one and two that's right it was a two night event it wasn't booked that way but it became that. 
and we'll get into all the reasons why and all that. Uh, man, I, I, I'll tell you this. I've never seen the show before. This was my first time viewing it. I think it's kind of a, a hidden, I can say classic, but I liked it. It was uh, definitely noteworthy for multiple reasons, uh, some of them good, some of them bad. So, I mean, there's some there's some good stuff on this show. It wasn't it wasn't a crap in your house event, even with the, uh, you know, maybe that's why uh, Vince McMahon was so adamant in 2006 about taking on and defeating God, because God got one over on him here in 96. So he, he no, waited. this is Mother Nature. I don't know if they're the same thing. Uh, he well, yeah, this way. Uh, well, like Conrad Thompson talked about, he's like, well, you know, God got his heat back at this past WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but the show, uh, hey, at least they've learned and they've got like generators and stuff now. But yeah, hey, not to get off topic, I thought that the rain delay only added to the intrigue of Lashley and McIntyre. Actually, so I thought it was yeah. in a way. And- well, they had to. Well, they were able to do unscripted promos backstage, so that was that was cool. You never see that stuff because they didn't have enough time to write a script. They were like, "Damn it, go out and say something, kill time." It was almost like that uh, after the draft that one time where they let guys do unscripted promos and Kalisto completely crapped the bed. Crap the bed, man! I'm thinking like threw up and crapped. And- <laughs> Rolled around in it. <laughs> it was a, it was a bad. I like, I like how. I nominate that for worst promo in history of promos. It, it's at least his were there. funny. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, yeah, we went from old school WCW NWA to back to '96 in the WWF. '96. How would you rank that on on years for your fandom? Three, four, or five, probably. I mean, I don't think it wasn't a terrible year by any means, but I feel like, you know how they always talk about uh, rebuilding years in sports franchises. I feel like this was a rebuilding year for wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, I mean, we just talked about uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies, you know, which was the pay-per-view before this was the last WWF show for Diesel and Razor, and they would go off to WCW. So, they were shaking a lot of things up. They were trying to get Vader over. Yokozuna was in and out of uh, eating rehab, I, I guess. I don't know, weight management, all that stuff. And Shawn Michaels, they were still trying to solidify him as the top guy in the company. And Brett was out. He was off acting. That was unique. <laughs> and Stone Cold was about to uh, catch fire here before long. Well, he, well, Stone Cold was brand new, but... I don't think it took them very long to catch fire, but uh, we'll we'll actually get into that uh, King of the Ring. It was really his one of his coming out parties uh, as as the Stone Cold character. We'll get into that, uh, you know, next month in June. But we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we'll get into all the news and notes of the time. We're talking from a time period around the end of May in 1996. There's a lot to get into with this. We'll do it uh, right after the break. But first, I just want to let you know we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. Uh, the links are down in the podcast description, and we'll tell you more about them in the upcoming breaks. We'll be right back. 
after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Absolutely stunned! At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, and it is news and notes time. You know what the top story here has to be, Greg? Yeah. I mean, what else could it be? It doesn't take a genius. Huh? Yep. Uh, Diesel, Diesel and Razor Ramon made their final WWF appearances at the house show or, or at a house show in Madison Square Garden this past week. And it ended in a strange curtain call with the other members of the clique in the ring. Both men were greeted with chants of you sold out and please don't go. After Razor Ramon's match with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, he grabbed the microphone and started to say, say goodbye to the bad guy. But since WWF officials didn't know uh, what he might say, they cut the power to the mic before he could say much else. Shawn Michaels defeated Diesel in a cage match, and afterwards, Ramon and Helmsley came back out, and the four men embraced in the ring, celebrating together. Supposedly, this wasn't approved by the office, and many backstage were upset by about the blatant kayfabe violation. The other click member, 123Kid, wasn't there, and his future with WWF is in question after he showed up to an event recently, quote, in no condition to perform. And you know what that means. <laughs> Shocker. He, he's not expected back until next month because of a stint in rehab. <laughs> so... He, he popped up uh, in WCW not too far after this, right? September. September, okay. So, yeah, not long after his good old buddies. Supposedly, this was a very tumultuous time for Shawn Michaels because he was having to carry the company as the top babyface. His best friends were leaving, other than Triple H, obviously. And... He was apparently in a lot of pain, taking a lot of pills for it and all that good stuff. So this was not a good time for the heartbreak kid, but we could talk more about the curtain call. But I think every if you're an actual wrestling fan and know anything about wrestling, this has been beat to death. Yeah, like Montreal. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so that's that's why those are the two subjects that we try not to 
dive too deep into because it's like, yeah, it was a big deal uh, for the time. It's weird to think about it now because it seems like every single person has a curtain call when they're just switching shows, you know? Rivals got a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's just become the thing now. It's like, oh, I'm leaving NXT, I'm going to Raw, I gotta take a bow. Or I'm leaving this company to go to that company, I gotta take a bow and hug my friends. Like, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like it's just been overdone. But yeah, uh, getting on to the second big story here. Scott Hall debuted on WCW's Monday Nitro this week. He was pretty much acting the exact same as his Razor Ramon character, and he came out of the crowd acting like a WWF wrestler invading WCW. He cut a promo talking about Billionaire Ted, Scheme Gene, and the Nacho Man from the WWF parodies. And, uh, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, it was funny, for sure. And it it added intrigue, uh, added more to his character, I feel. I mean, this really... We talked about this a lot when if you go if anybody wants to go back and listen to last June, we did Great American Bash 1996, where Hall and Nash actually come out on the show and Bischoff asks them flat out, are you working with the WWF? And they said, nope. (laughs) That's because, uh, well, they were getting sued. It was kind of stupid to do. What, to say they weren't working with the WWF or to sue them? To not say that right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's it's kind of like... I mean, I remember watching it thinking they were, so they got me. I'll say that. Yeah. And I, I could see like people saying, it's like, oh, they probably work for the WWF. He's coming, out of the, he's coming out of the crowd. He's not really... He's just saying, well, it's like, oh, you know who I am, uh, but you don't know why I'm here. You know, but at well, the same time... Well, nobody was thinking he was Big Scott Hall from the UWA. Now, come on. Yeah, like, so, oh, my gosh, it's the Diamond Stud. He's returned. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Go in the archives. Anyway. And Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both these guys were on that show. My gosh. I didn't realize this. Scott Hall's debut on Nitro was the first two-hour Nitro. Yeah. I didn't even know. He the Mike Enos match, man. I was so pissed because I was into that match. Yeah, Mike Enos and well, who I think was they, it? they called him the Mauler. I don't know who the hell he was wrestling. I can't remember, but I think they called him the Mauler. Yeah, good grief. <sighs> well, yeah. So and I remember he was in the super tight jeans and he had the denim vest. That was his outfit for the night. The, the Raw, however... Uh, it, it's weird to think Nitro was the first one to go two hours. Uh, Raw didn't go for two hours until spring of 97. I actually looked that up. So it, it took them a while to decide, we need to go, you know. Yeah, it was the first one with uh, the big Titan Tron and Marilyn Manson's The Beautiful People open the show, which they would later use oh, for really? SmackDown. So, yeah. Wow, I had no idea about all that. Pretty sure that's the night Vince shoved, uh, Brett shoved Vince on his ass and told him everything was BS. Uh, I, uh, yeah, Vince was always taking bumps back in the day, getting whooped on by Brett or Austin or somebody. So, uh, from my knowledge, this is the first time I've ever seen him physically assaulted. Yeah, yeah, that was Brett. I think Brett was the first one to put his hands on Vince. Yep, a couple times. Uh, right, yeah. I remember, what, didn't he like pull his 
shirt over like a hockey fight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember that. That's stereotypical about that. Yeah. Whoa. You mean the Canadian likes hockey? Like, <laughs> no. Just like when. Uh, Color me shocked. <laughs> well, like this. Uh, when the NFL or excuse me, NHL season started up, Edge was like constantly posting on social media about it and wearing jerseys and whatever. He's he's a Leaves fan, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Toronto. Uh, well, according to Uncle Dave Meltzer. Waiting for you with a comment. No, I want to hear this because I'm oh. trying to figure out what it could possibly be. <laughs> Well, he said, ah, here we go. The plan for Hall, Kevin Nash, and probably Lex Luger, pretending that he's still he's still been with the WWF all this time. Uh, they will face the WCW team of Sting, Randy Savage, and either the Giant or Ric Flair at Bash at the Beach. Yeah. Well, Luger they were actually, all involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lex was on the other team, although they did... Uh, was he the one that got stretchered out halfway through the match? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So they did build, you know, a question with that. I remember watching and thinking he was coming back down. Yeah, so. he, uh, he's the third man. God dang it. Uh, but Dave says that this is similar to how New Japan Pro Wrestling drew record crowds by using UWFI wrestlers and pretending that they were still with UWFI, even though New Japan Pro Wrestling had secretly already taken the entire promotion over. That was like the rumor forever was, oh, Bischoff ripped this off in New Japan because Dave started that. He saw it in Japan first, so therefore it it was that. Yeah, the whole thing was like seven stars in Japan. This just barely <laughs> scratched three. Right. Well, Bischoff claims he never knew about that. He never saw the angle. He said he claims – I don't know. It, it sounds reasonable – he said, well, all these guys were already in WCW at one point. Uh, they were buried with stupid gimmicks, and then they had to go to the WWF to get over, and now they're coming back to get revenge and take How over. How do you not call Bischoff brilliant for that? Yeah. I mean, if that really was his strategy, and he's not, you know, full of crap, then that was and, – and I have no reason to doubt him. But, yeah, that's – that is brilliant. I mean, I don't think that he's like, oh, I'm going to let them get built, bring them back in and form this new world order. I think he saw the opportunity and jumped at it. That's what I mean. And that's just right. Brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, for WWF stars and all that. And Luger didn't join the black and white, did he? He only joined the. No, never. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, he was. uh, Well, same with Sting. Sting never joined the, the white and the or the black and white he, he only joined the wolf pack oh but he only used he, he painted his face like him though that's the thing <laughs> yeah, i know the, yeah. the guy who his main rival were the nwo he, he looked like he belonged in the nwo that's just funny well wwf as you would expect is not happy about all of this uh wwf still believes that they own the intellectual rights to the razor ramon character the slick back hair the accent the toothpick etc and since Hall used all of that during his first appearance, there's talks of a lawsuit, though it's unsure how WWF's fight would hold up in court. Spoiler, it held up pretty well. Although, I mean, the only thing Hall had to drop was uh, he couldn't do the carve you up thing anymore, 
and he had to quit talking like he was from Cuba. I mean, that's about it. He, everything else he, he kept. Bischoff said he wishes he could go back now, knowing what he what he knew, knows now, because he said he was doing I mean, we talked about it last week. The Diamond Stud character, he came out with a toothpick, the slick back hair, all of that stuff. Yeah, so, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I was so, a huge fan of his anyways, but so. Right. So he didn't change his look up that much to go from Diamond Stud to Razor Ramon. I think he leaned out, but that was about it. Uh, you'll have to tell me if you remember this one. Uh, WCW Slam uh, is in the books. Do you remember this? Yeah, I think I watched it. Okay, well, was this recent the... match. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it was a lethal lottery show, and it was pretty much garbage. <laughs> yep. Uh, the most interesting thing that was supposed to happen was Road Warrior Animal, or Road Warriors Animal and Hawk ended up on opposite teams, but Hawk broke his foot in Japan and couldn't work, so he never tagged into the match. So the partners never faced off. The show's buy rate is way down from the last month's uncensored pay-per-view, which blows my mind. Yeah, uh, because that was even worse. That was the Alliance and Hulkamania. Yep, the three-tiered cage where uh, Hogan and Savage started on the top and had to fight like 20 dudes going all the way down. And then uh, the booty man runs in with frying pans and helps him win. That was yeah, you, you just said stuff. all that. That's not... I miss you didn't misspeak. No, yeah, this this all happened in '96, so I'm just putting that out there. Uh, but that once again shows that Hulk Hogan is the one who pops WCW's big buy rates. There's other factors involved in the low buy rate, but it's hard to argue that the fact that Hogan is the draw when every pay-per-view he doesn't appear on, the buy rate plummets. Yep, he has a point. And he was not on a lot of pay-per-views in that run too. <laughs> I know. What did he do for a year? Felt like it. Yeah, I know. I think I was... added up from from the time he wins the title. He's not at like seven pay per views. Yeah, as I know a champion, he... by the way. In ninety six, people give people give WWE crap for Brock Lesnar. I'm like, well, <laughs> this is happening oh, yeah. way before. It's just this is happening now. <laughs> oh hell yeah, uh, definitely. Well, uh, the thing with Hogan was like, I'm trying to think of how like just in ninety six. Uh, obviously uncensored. I don't know if he was at. Let's see, '96. I don't think there was a January paper for you yet. So, Super Brawl. Oh, okay. Was there? Was he at Super Brawl? I don't know that one. Super Brawl six. This would have been so. Because I know uh, that was uh, Savage and Flair, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Uh, then, that, at that one, I thought it was '95. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. They might have okay. wrestled twice, actually. Super Brawl 6 was, oh, Hogan and Giant. Okay. Oh, and it was the I Respect You strap match. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he was there. there. So then he skips uh, Spring Stampede. Uh, he skips the one you just talked about, Slamboree. He skips Great American Bash. That's and he was at. That he's gone from. Yeah. Then he, he was, was obviously at, at Bash the Beach. Yeah, Bash the Beach, Hog Wild. You, do you want to count that? Because, yeah, you appear, but obviously in the last. 10 minutes so it counts like, brother <laughs> yeah but hey that works for him brother right. uh so that there's you know and there's hog wild so that's four he was at halloween havoc that's five but anyway so it's hard to argue with all those numbers 
uh, sticking with the Road Warriors, though, they have uh, quit WCW. It's Again. The same, it's the same. Yeah, well, the story starts out with, stop me if you heard this one before. <laughs> the Road Warriors have quit WCW. Uh, it's the same situation from a month or so ago when they heard about how Hall and Nash are getting paid and felt that they should be making the same. Yeah. In 96. Not uh, not 89. 96. All right, keep keep that in mind. Yeah, because what could go wrong with um, Road Warrior Hawk? <laughs> right. Uh, WCW disagreed, and they've been trying to work it out for the last few weeks, but it apparently didn't happen, so they're gone. Yeah. yeah. They'd pop up in WWF and get involved in a you know, bunch of skirmishes. Literally. <sighs> yeah, weren't they part of all the, uh, the gang warfare stuff yep. coming up? Yeah. I remember. An unofficial gang with Ahmed Johnson and Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Because <laughs> they all wore red. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's got to be it, right? Am I like? Yeah, I mean, I, in a gang warfare, though, I would take Ken Shamrock on my side any day of the week. But I don't know about the rest of them, but <laughs> I oh, I take the the Road Warriors for sure. Uh, I in mean, they grew up. I'm good. Yeah. Drunks and off the rockers, I'm good. Wow. <laughs> Buried. Hey, I, I love really them. Good. You know that, but they were not. 97 dude they were not just I just thought of a really effed up I just thought of a really effed up thing <laughs> I don't know if I should say eff uh, it I'll say it I thought of oh what a lush no 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 come oh come on anyway uh, he cleaned it up before he died so he anyway. I'm not saying he didn't I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. in 1996 97 they were not what they were used to be yeah well no I'm just saying like he was he's he was a lush so there you go uh, some another uh, WWF. Uh, well, going the other way, I guess. Brian Clark, a.k.a. Adam Bomb, denies <laughs> that he's going to WCW as part of the Blood Runs Cold vignettes and is planned to be a three man ninja group. I bet. He yeah, wanted to sh- I bet. I bet by saying this, he really wanted to show them dirt sheet writers his wrath. Wow. Oh, Come up. on. That one was good. Come on. <laughs> The three-man blood runs cold thing, though. I mean, that was not a thing because there was just two of them. Well, I mean, wasn't the storyline just called Blood Runs Cold? That was Glacier's storyline. I don't. Yeah, I, I just thought it was all like all three of them: him, Mortis, and Glacier. Yeah, I mean, I, they were probably all associated. But I think it was only for Glacier because they actually bring that crap back. Um, uh, in like 2000, and Tony Schiavone buries it on commentary. <laughs> I was, oh my that. god, folks, we're gonna do this again. You gotta be kidding me. Oh my god. Was, wasn't it blood runs colder? <laughs> yes. Or still yeah. runs cold. Oh yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I like uh Bruce Pritchard said something about like the merchandising in WCW and like Hogan getting a big cut and he was like, Well, you know, them glacier t shirts weren't exactly flying off the off the racks. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Glacier though. I mean the whole presentation was cool, but then that day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still think style. one of the coolest entrances in the history of wrestling, by the way. Oh, it was definitely elaborate. It was pretty sweet. Uh, WCW wanted Great Muda to put over Diamond Dallas Page at the next pay Diamond Dallas but White New- Trash. Wow. Uh, but New Japan Pro Wrestling sees Page as a prelim wrestler, so they refused to send Muda to work the show. Wow. Uh, 
in 96, Diamond Dallas Page was considered a prelim wrestler. Could be seen yeah. on NXT. Spoiler, a little, we're recording a little ahead. Never know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he it would take him another three years to win the world title, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Steve McMichael and Kevin Green have been training at the WCW Power Plant for their upcoming debuts. Word is that McMichael is doing great as a personality, but Green is better in ring. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah, Kevin Green was just crazy good for what he was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, but sounds McMichael, a weird thing, but he was. I mean, it feels I feel bad, you know, laughing at him now because we'll get into you know, whatever's going on. But, uh, you know, we, we've talked about that Twitter account of his, you know, well, it's not yeah, his, yeah. but it's about him. Like, that's my Mongo. <laughs> it's just... well, they changed it to Mongo and friends now. So it's like other, other stuff. So, yeah. Cause they ran, they ran out of, uh, all the clips. They burned through all the clips of Mongo just being ridiculous in the ring. <laughs> but yeah. It, what, what do you say? He has Luke Gehrig's disease now. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, um, donate, to uh to uh help him out i think his uh oh, oh what, what was his numbers 36 or whatever I, I don't know but it was like steve is steve mcmichael and then oh, you mean on the football field it was like 50 yeah. something no i thought 36 because then he you like a running back or a <laughs> I mean, yeah it's gotta be a 50s oh. yeah oh okay uh yeah but either way you can go to um you can go to his website and and kind of help him out. Uh, just do a quick Google search for him. I think he's got to go fund me and all that. But, but yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to, to Mongo. That that really sucks. I couldn't believe when you told me that uh, like a week ago. That that was that's nuts. Didn't expect that. Uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr., nephew of Eddie, got a tryout at the Nitro tapings. There's no word on how he did. Well, I assume pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a nice long career out of uh, out of it. And hey, here uh, you know, in another decade, he'd be a white guy. <laughs> I was almost going to say his catchphrase, but I don't want that to be misconstrued, so I'm not going to say it. I like how they you know they they changed it. It's like, well, people might take that the wrong way, but you know, him saying, well, if it ain't white, it ain't right. So they changed it to, if it ain't Kerwin white, it ain't right. Like, yeah, that's better. <laughs> it's a little more subtle, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> oh, this this one, man. We already talked about this um, uh, this, this character. So, occasional ECW wrestler Big Titan worked the recent ECW show as a character named Slice and Dice Ramirez which was a total riff on the Razor Ramon character. He had the same gear, the toothpick, slick back hair, etc. For those that didn't, that don't know, this is Rick Bogner, who went on to be the fake Razor. Oh, man. Yeah. And the fake Diesel was Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. WWE Hall of Famer Kane. I, I, I just pieced this together, dude, in the... Um... Within the same year or so, we had a fake Razor Ramon, a fake Diesel, and a fake Sting. Oh Why was gosh. this a thing? I just realized that. Oh, I know. And and here, uh, when when the fake Sting gets going, Buddy Landell was uh, feeding the rumor mill, saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, WCW is going to bring me in to be the fake Nature Boy for the NWO." 
Obviously, that didn't happen for a myriad of reasons. Thank God. Uh, I know. What do you mean the fake Nature Boy? Wasn't he Nature Boy first? Not first, but he was a Nature Boy, yeah. Buddy, Buddy Landell was, uh, like, the Indies <laughs> Nature Boy. <laughs> Random ass reason, he got a run on Raw in, like, 1995, I think it was. 96. Yeah. He was on... Random as hell, dude. He was he was in ninety uh, like on one of those in your houses in ninety five and they used Rick yeah, Flair's... yeah yeah I think it was the hog pen one yeah yeah was that, it was that uh, one, yeah. season or no not seasons beating uh, what the hell was it called the December one yeah but... yeah right that one uh and they and they used Rick Flair's old WWF theme for him <laughs> yeah that was tongue in cheek right. How much, how much you want to bet that theme hit and people were like, who the hell is this guy? When did Rick let himself go? Or the theme hit and they went crazy and like, oh, wait. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I remember um, 1997, uh, Rock and Roll Express were on Raw. They used the Rockers old theme and I went crazy because <laughs> I was a huge fan of theirs. And nope. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I knew who the Rock and Roll Express was so it wasn't like uh who the hell are these guys I'm like why are they using this song <laughs> i can't remember if, uh who it was i, I want to say it was jim Cornette leaned he said uh when when vince brought them in for an interview the rock and roll express that is he leaned over to uh to jim and he was like which one's ricky and which one's robert <laughs> it's like do you seriously don't know who the hell the rock and roll express is i know they've never been here before why does that shock you that's like they're the biggest Besides the the LOD, they were the biggest tag team not in his company. I figured he would have like tried to sign them at one point. Might argue that's the Midnight Express, but well, they're uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those three: the the Road Warriors, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. It's like, uh, and he did interview the Midnight Express. He hired the the Road Warriors. Never gave a damn about the Rock and Roll Express. That one until uh, they went to Smoky Mountain, and he had to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think he I think Bruce Pritchard was saying he basically brought him in to placate Jim Cornette. So I, I mean, which wouldn't shock me. But either way, sticking with ECW, unfortunately, God, they're doing an angle with Raven where he keeps telling Stevie Richards to find him slutty holes. And then every time Richards brings him one, Raven turns her down because she's not slutty enough. <laughs> the idea People like this crap. Keep in mind, people defend a, a ECW to this day. Oh, yeah. I got into an argument with a guy. I, I got a laugh that I wasn't even arguing with him. I was just laughing at the guy on Twitter because he was trying to say, well, I can't even bear to watch the crap on, you know, that's currently on TV. I, I watched the good old classic stuff. Like, and he starts naming off all these these things. And then he says ECW. And I put, LMAO, you just said ECW was good old classic stuff. Like, uh. All right, buddy. It's classic uh, something. Yeah. But uh, the idea is apparently for Raven to keep rejecting the whores. I'm saying this because that's what they called him. The ladies uh, until, of the knights. Yeah. Right. The women of ill repute. Classing up here. Wow. Uh, you went yeah. really PC with that, but okay. Yeah, right. Uh, but until Richards brings him the right one, which will probably be Sandman's real-life wife, Peaches, to start a feud with him. Well... That did happen. That was the payoff. And what a payoff it was. Yeah. 
And then uh, a couple years later, uh, well, actually, I think four years later, uh, Steve Carino uh, tried attempts sexual assault to her on live pay-per-view and uh, says that Raven was giving it to her in the back. So there you go. <laughs> Told us we just did it. <laughs> if you don't shut up, I'm coming out in that crowd and shoving my tongue down your throat. <laughs> God. Real quote. Real quote. <laughs> anyway, finally, with the ECW stuff, Paul Heyman is looking to bring in a UFC fighter to put over Taz. One name that's been brought up is Paul. Ver- you might be able to help me here. Paul Verilons. Never heard name? of him. Okay. Well, anyway, since he's interested. He's in one of the free show days of the UFC, so I didn't watch that one. Ah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he was interested in becoming a pro wrestler. I don't think it ever happened. At least not in the big well, I was talking to ECW, so I assume that kind of like started him on wrestling. And he thought they were all like that. <laughs> <laughs> he probably came in and was like, never mind, and he left. <laughs> Speaking of UFC fighters, Ken Shamrock is, has a starring role in an upcoming movie called Champions, where he plays, wait for it, a no-holds-barred shoot-fighting champion. There's a stretch. I know, right? That, that man has range. Man, uh, I've never heard of that movie. Have you? Champions? Nope. Yeah, neither have I. Moving on here. This one I had to put in there just because of the feud. Uh, finally, with the UFC stuff, UFC 9 was hampered by last-minute court orders and legal challenges to prevent it from happening. This was on top of no punching rules, which just blows my mind, and Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock having arguably the worst fight in UFC history. Yeah, they circled the rent octagon for like 30 minutes or something like that. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, was, do you even know who who won that fight? That might have been the one that Sh- Shamrock won. Uh, I'm looking at it. I know that I know they each have one win. I don't know which one won uh, that one. Uh, uh, Severn won in a split decision. Ugh. Oh, how split was that? Yeah. <laughs> They all ended, every fight on the card, except for that one, ended via TKO, by the way. <laughs> That's pretty bad when the stars couldn't finish off one another. I know. I mean, you had The only name I recognize on this whole card, by the way, outside of that main event, is Don Fry in the opening fight. That mustache. <laughs> Hell, yes. Him and Dan Severn must have just had a mustache off. Well, Dwayne Johnson debuted under the name Flex Kavana at the latest USWA show. How's that going to work out? (laughs) Teaming with Brian Christopher in a match against Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I I assume this was because Lawler and Dundee were really trying to train Johnson and uh, Christopher. I mean, usually when they do that kind of stuff, it's because the older guys are really putting in the work with them and it paid off i mean no nepotism at all there you're right yeah i i i saw i see big things coming for that dwayne johnson fella <laughs> i like when they were calling him up bruce pritchard said uh you know they like i said they were calling him flex Cavana, which the hell is that and vince's vince mcmahon's actual like quote about it, he was like what the hell is a flex Cavana? change his name <laughs> so like, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, bright future, what does he team... do? What? What does he do nowadays? 
I don't know. He rode off into the sunset, and <laughs> I've never heard from him again. But anyway. Uh, That's tag- funny how, like, in this year, he's a freaking footnote, and right now he's, like, arguably on the Mount Rushmore wrestling. Just funny how that starts. Jim Ross will never stop telling people that I signed this guy. I made sure I tied him down. I signed him. I got him. Yeah, that and he signed the Hardys when they were underage. <laughs> yeah. Well, hot damn, kid. They used, they, uh, they used fake IDs. Her, I don't know what to say. I don't know. But uh, sassafras and all that. But uh, speaking of, the ta- uh, tag team called the Hardy Boys, who Uncle Dave claims their names are Matt and Chip Hardy. <laughs> oh. Wrongo. But anyway, they got a tryout match at the latest Raw tapings. Apparently, they looked pretty green. Also, a guy named James Arndt worked a tryout match and looked pretty good. He later became Joey Abs of the Mean Street Posse. Good God. He was there Joey this whole Abs. time? I guess so. He was in their back pocket. Oh. I was hey. six years old when I found that out. Yeah, they're like, hey, you know that Arndt guy? Call him up. We see big things in him. <laughs> I, I if anybody remember. asks, you used to date Stephanie, by the way. Seriously? That no, was the whole thing with Mean Street Posse. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, and Shane went to school with him. I guess he legit did go to school with all of them. Was it, was it Joey Abs, Pete Gass, and... Rodney. Camera, Rod, Rodney, was that so it? So cool, Rodney. you just have one name. Oh, yeah, like Madonna or Prince. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, Brian Pillman had a meeting with Vince McMahon last week, and he was supposed to meet with Eric Bischoff soon after, but the meeting never took place. Word is that Pillman and WCW are not agreeing on money, and it's looking likely that Pillman is heading to the WWF. He'll continue to do promos in ECW for now, and word is that the WWF has agreed to let him work a match there with Shane Douglas after he's healed from his car wreck injuries. So they can wrap up the angle that they've already started. That match I never actually. I'd say I don't think that ever happened. No, it, it never actually happened uh, as it took Pillman way longer than planned to heal up. So WWF wanted him and they were like, look, uh, you know, you can have him for some promos. So, well, I, I mean, it was good enough for just that anyway. So, I mean, we did get that epic moment where he threatened to pull out his Johnson and piss in the ring. So. Wow, it's funny because he did that, and Jerry Lars said that whole arena was full of crap. I just, I feel like it's a metaphor. Bodily, I feel like it's a metaphor for ECW as a whole. A lot of bodily functions going on in that company. <laughs> <laughs> what was oh, I bar thinking about it? So there you go. <laughs> wow. What was supposed to be the big news coming out of the Madison Square Garden show was the Godwins winning the tag titles from the Body Donnas. Uh, but needless to say, the curtain call overshadowed that, I'd say. <laughs> the plan is for Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith to eventually win the belts from the Godwins. So this is a way to get the titles on a babyface team. Did they? Yep. Okay. I couldn't remember what happened next. Whatever. The headbangers are involved in there, too, within like a year. <laughs> oh, <that> man. <laughs> I have Jack's figures of them. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, right. 
Uh, the controversial angle where Goldust looked like he was going to go down on a laid-out Undertaker earlier this month on Raw was edited when it aired on TV and wasn't nearly as graphic as it was live. Wow. I wonder if there's some Raw footage of that. No pun intended. <laughs> right. I've never seen that. Apparently, Undertaker was laid out, you know, before he did his sit-up, and Goldust went down and started licking up his thigh towards uh, his, uh, <clears throat> his little dead man. And... Uh, yeah, Undertaker popped up, and that was the end of that. <laughs> I don't even think with pun you want to be calling that a dead anything, but whatever. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, just uh, wow. I th- this was uh, way over the freaking line. But according to Bruce Pritchard, the, the I feel like once or so every so often we say this was a prelude to the Attitude Era. I feel like we just said yep. that. With the last uh, in your house, we did. <laughs> well, we did say that this was, or well, I said this was kind of a rebuilding year for both yeah. companies, you know, restructuring. So it was very much, uh, it was still the new generation era, but yeah, they were getting a little uh, attitude-y. Uh, last story here, speaking of attitude, God dang it, that's attitude, pal. Nonstop attitude. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me it's Kit Cash. No, it's uh. Well, uh, Shawn Michaels will pose for the October issue of Playgirl magazine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He is, uh, there's a famous picture of him laying on his side with wearing nothing but the WWF title over his junk. <laughs> he probably had a smile, too. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. And uh, and his earring. He, he, he hadn't lost it yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, he, well, he—I think he—he he had lost it, and then he got it back, and then he was going to lose it again. Uh, yeah, lots of uh, smile losing in this era. <sighs> but anyway, that's it for the news and notes. I guess we should, we should take our next break and actually dive into the event at hand, real quick. If you are listening on the podcast feed and uh, you know listening whenever you want, whatever uh, you know, if it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anything in between, please subscribe and leave a review. Five stars, please, like good old Uncle Dave. And, uh, you know, we, we would greatly appreciate it. It gets us seen by more people. And if you're and, in Japan, you download it seven stars, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, we get a boost that way. Uh, we're huge in Japan, brother. Uh, and if you are not listening on the Unhinged Sports Network, you can catch us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. And then we play right afterwards an encore at 930 uh, Eastern, 630 Pacific. And then our next replay will be 8 Eastern the very next night on uh, unhingedsn.airtime.pro or just unhingedsn.com. But we're going to take our next break, and when we come back, is Beware a Dog. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's all right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we somewhere. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. 
We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Absolutely, mate. Take it easy. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. WWF, in your house. Eight, beware of dog time. That Jinx. doesn't work for me, dog. <laughs> wow. Bit pitchy, dog. <laughs> uh, but but the, the dates, and yes, I said dates, plural, are May 26th and 28th, 1996. The tagline, oddly enough, was, it's Vader time. Uh, I, I was today years old when I found that out. I thought the tagline was supposed to be, beware of dog. But no. The venues were both in uh, South Carolina. The first one was the Florence Civic Center in Florence, South Carolina, and the North Charleston Coliseum in North Charleston, South Carolina. Flare country. Woo! The attendance <laughs> for the first show was 6,000, and the second show was 4,500. The pay-per-view buy rate, all in all, was 0.45. Uh, I can't remember if it was Pritchard or... Uh, Ross, one of them we're talking about, they lost a lot of money on this because of the whole, you know, pay-per-view debacle and having to do a replay. And this was not a time when WWF was exactly rolling a dough. You know, WCW was... Nor, nor did they have their own network. <laughs> no. Yeah, and w, WCW was, uh, you know, coming in hot with Nitro at this point, too. So they were... They were fighting, man. A fun fact, by the way, to this date, this is the only WWE pay-per-view event to ever be held in South Carolina. They don't uh, want to go to Carolina anyways. Hey, North Carolina is pretty historic. Uh, South Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina, I'd like to go to their beach. Myrtle Beach is fun. But other than that, nah. I live in California, so. I know beaches don't impress you, but they do me. So uh, that's the Atlantic Ocean. You get that there, Pacific. But I guess most of this card were dark matches, but I, for one, am disappointed that I got to miss out on Bob Holly versus Isaac Effin Yankum DDS. <laughs> Over in WCW, they just brought in Scott Hall to do a reality-based angle. And over here, we got a race car driver versus an evil dentist. Good stuff, I see man. money, man. <laughs> right. You can make left turns and get a root canal at the same time, man. Who the hell wouldn't want that? 
Hell yeah. And Isaac Yankum's theme song was literally just a drill. I gave Sergeant Slaughter's military drums run for its money. Oh my gosh, I know. It's right up there with the uh uh the the siren for RTC. <laughs> The opening package for the pay-per-view shows that Diana Hart Smith has been accusing Shawn Michaels of trying to steal her away from Davy Boy, but Shawn making her a whore or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why are you uh, making Diana look like a whore? Yeah, you some kind of pervert or something. <laughs> yeah, give the rhino a jab. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that one. That's in. how we appeased them, so it worked. So whatever. <laughs> right. Like, what can I do for you, Stu? Hey, yeah, uh, the Rhino's doing real good. Uh, you could, uh, you could use another run. Uh, anyway, uh, and he so, always did. <laughs> That's the thing. He did. Even Bischoff gave him a damn job mm. in night uh, ninety-eight. Yeah. Been so. <laughs> uh, but Shawn Michaels is denying all this, by the way, saying that Diana was the aggressor. This is all leading to the main event feud. I guess this whole thing got dropped. Uh, Pritchard and, and Ross were both talking about this, talking about they, they said this dropped because the Hart family was, uh, they're like, well, she's not playing a character. I mean, she's going by her real name and people around here, you know, take it seriously. And it's like, yeah, cause people up in Calgary are apparently effing weirdos. So they think she's really messing around behind Davy Boy's back. Like, for God's Behind sake, his it's... back, it was on national TV in front of all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's even worse. If you're trying to hide it, you're doing a damn, like, horrible job. The best thing to come out of this play-up was freaking Jim Cornette's promos, where he's telling Diana, you point at Shawn Michaels and you call him a fornicator. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard uh, him speak nowadays. Okay, He would use something far more graphic. but He would use a much shorter F word. So, yeah, so, uh, anyway, this is all leading to the main event feud. The build-up package for the first match, uh, we see that on Superstars, Bob frickin' Backlund attacked Wildman Mark Marrow, locked him in a crossface chicken wing, and then Hunter Hearst Helmsley ran in and laid him out with a pedigree. Laid Marrow out, that is. God dang it, pronouns, pal. <laughs> uh. And then backstage, Doc Hendricks is standing by with Mark Marrow and Sable. Marrow drops his catchphrases about answering the call of the wild. And then he tells Helmsley, welcome to the jungle, which I'm a little shocked they didn't get popped for. But, uh, you know, whatever. Well, Lars Ulrich uh, would have sued him. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm surprised uh, Axel Rose didn't. <laughs> but, uh Doc Hendricks sent pervs out over Sable as she walks away. Doop, doop, doop. Yeah, he's like, like they make it super freaking weird because she's like, they walk away and he looks over at Sable. He's like, oh, man. It's like, dude, what the hell? I just got a Mattel figure of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, does it does it come with a fanny pack? No. Ah, oh, damn it. Like, he, he should come with a with a pull string where he's just like, doop, doop, doop. And then he pull it again. He's like, dabes. <laughs> anyway. something anyways wow first match we get hunter hearst helmsley i said with brunette valet because they never say her name uh he's taking on wild man mark marrow with sable who is all the way live here tonight uh, he hello roll about... tide <laughs> damn straight it goes for almost 16 and a half minutes 
continuing on his tradition from WCW, Mark Merrow opens the pay-per-view. Vince McMahon warns us during this match that storms are getting really bad and they may cut out on us. King's headset even starts messing up at one point, cutting out. I have to imagine, I don't remember it. I mean, I I think I watched it live, but I don't remember what he said, but I have to imagine they dubbed that in. The storm thing? No, him Uh, saying that. Oh, no, no, that was actually... That was actually live on the pay-per-view. Uh, it's been talked about. They said, yeah, because they, they had to warn us. Uh, and then. So they, they com- knew this was coming. I mean. Yeah. They didn't do anything about, well, what's their dumbass fault? Okay. Yeah. Well, they they, uh, they didn't have the generators, I guess. It just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't, especially when, I mean, does nobody look at a damn weather report? I don't know. But either way. I didn't know it gets like that in May over in uh, freaking the east coast oh, in, the Carol- in the carolinas oh yeah they get uh hurricanes and all that crap all the time during especially during the spring. why i said who wants to go there okay yeah uh if you're gonna go go during the summer yeah it's a little more crowded but you're more than likely uh, gonna avoid the storms uh regardless the crowd didn't give a damn about this match you could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton and it drags on forever it wasn't bad i just yeah, I don't know. Helsley stops beating on Marrow at one point to uh, go outside and force Sable to watch. This leads to Marrow reversing the pedigree into a catapult, sending Hunter face first into the ring post, and then Marrow pins him for the win. This, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three stars. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. I was kind of bored. It went way too long, I thought. Yeah, this dragged way, way out. I, I was think like, I clocked it like, was it 14, 15 minutes? 16 and a half, yeah. <laughs> freaking, why are you going to give freaking Mark Merrow and, well, I don't know. On paper, I would see Mark Merrow versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley in 16 minutes, and I'd think, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I get that. Both are great wrestlers. But, man, it was just boring. It, and Merrow spent most of the match getting his ass beat. I don't know. This was like the start of Triple H getting buried, by the way. So so a phrase you'll never hear ever again. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Vince McMahon was going to bury him for the curtain call incident. So this was the start of it. Uh, Mr. Perfect is in the British Bulldogs locker room with a random guy in a suit. Diana Hart Smith, a beaten up Owen Hart who had his hand wrapped up. Uh, I said he deserved it for wearing that damn Michigan track suit and uh, a beaten up Clarence Mason and Jim Cornette. Do you know what the hell happened to Clarence Mason? I uh, popped up in WCW for a little bit with. Uh, no, from... no, I mean, like what happened oh. to him here? He was like, damn, near in a body cast. Yeah. He, well, nothing happened to him. OK, he got like super kicked on on Raw. And, oh, my gosh. And actually like, destroyed his body. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm wondering what happened to Owen Hart's hand, though, because he had it all wrapped up. Uh, he legit broke that in a match. Ah, okay. Yeah. That, that makes but sense. But he, he never stopped wrestling either, so. Yeah, it sounds like a heart. Yeah, like I said, he deserves it for wearing that damn tracksuit. Uh, Cornette says that he's got an official state of South Carolina manager's license for Owen, so he can be at ringside with Davey Boy tonight. They keep referring to a bomb Cornette is going to drop on Shawn Michaels tonight. I honestly 
thought it was going to be Vader. Uh, well, like, I did too going into it because it made sense, but yeah, Vader and bomb. In hindsight, it should have been. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they were. I mean, he was part of Camp Cornet, so that would have tied in. And he, I mean, Sean did transition uh, about a month and a half later into a feud with with Vader, I think. So, either way. Doc Hendricks is interviewing Shawn Michaels backstage. The video is a bit messed up at this point. Uh, Shawn says that he's concentrated and focused, not worried at all about Cornette's bombshell. And it's not beware of dog, but beware of the click. Cool. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, clever. Yeah, right. Uh, then Aren't they all on at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, Greg, the clicker is fans. Gosh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, then as he's walking through the backstage, he sees Mr. Perfect laughing at him, and Jose Lothario has to hold Sean back. So apparently Mr. Perfect it knew what was going on. Sean trying to beat up a guy who's already hurt. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, he can't take any bumps, man. He's collecting that big old Lloyd's of London policy. <sighs> anyway, uh, we're getting into the main event and as our second match with this edit because the storms talked about earlier knocked out the power. In fact, the power went out for over an hour. The show was off the air on pay-per-view for 25 minutes before Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon came on telling viewers to stay tuned and saying that matches were continuing in the arena and would air on the May 28th replay. But the power stayed off for so long that when it returned, they only had time for the main event while the power was out. They used battery-operated cameras and used a generator to be able to barely light the ring so that even people in the crowd could barely see the matches. Yeah, they showed footage of that. It was dark as hell. Uh, they did no ring introductions or entrances because no, none of the footage was usable uh, due to the lighting. They decided to just redo the matches live on Tuesday night in a different city for the replay. F it! We'll do it live! <laughs> I think they got yeah. some TV tapings in there, too, so it worked out. Yeah, you know, yeah, some things uh, changed that we'll get into here in a bit. Plans yeah. changed. <laughs> your main event is your second match of the card, everybody. It's the heartbreak. This is kid. like that special main event, that Super Brawl, when the Kiss Demon had a match, right? It's special main event. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot they labeled it like that because they promised Gene Simmons X amount of <laughs> main events for the character. <laughs> That's how that was their loophole. Yikes. I, think I, was, I remember I was at that crap. Oh, lucky you. And you were at the uh, uh, Chamber of Horrors or, or no, House of Horrors. That was it. Yep. Chamber of Horrors was WCW. We'll have to review that someday. But today is not that day. Either way, it's uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, defending the WWF title. He's got Jose Lothario in his corner. He's taking on the British Bulldog with Diana Smith and Owen Hart in his corner. This went just shy of 17 and a half minutes. Jerry Lawler says something about Shawn Michaels being in Playgirl magazine, and Vince states emphatically that it's, quote, just an interview. Sure. <laughs> uh. I like Shawn making fun of himself later on. Like, they brought it up on, you remember they brought it up on, like, Raw one time? And he's like, yep. I was young. I needed the money. <laughs> anyway, uh, before the match, Clarence Mason serves Shawn Michaels with a summons for charges of, quote, attempted alienation of affection. What the F is that? It's a brand new law. Yeah, I guess so. 
Well, Sean reads the papers as the bell rings, and then he rips them up before Bulldog jumps him. Referee Earl Hebner gets bumped at one point, leading to Owen getting in and getting super kicked. Bulldog attempts a running power slam, but Michael slides out, shoves Bulldog into the corner before pinning him with a German suplex. A second referee, Mike Kyoto, runs down, counts the pin, and he declares Bulldog the winner, saying that Shawn Michaels' shoulders were down. Earl Hebner wakes up, however, and says that Michaels won. We'll get into the aftermath here in a second, but uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars. This is one of the lowest rated Shawn Michaels matches I've had uh, that I, in recent memory. What say you? I gave it two as well. They will have a better one in a month. This just, ah, I, I wasn't impressed. I was, I was expecting way more. This just, I'm not going to say it sucked. It didn't suck, but just neither guy really looked like they, I don't know. They looked like they were going through the motions. I don't know. Uh, Diana Smith takes the WWF title and she poses with it. But WWF president Gorilla Monsoon comes down and takes it from her. Gets in the also, ring to it was talk upside with the down. Did you notice that? I, I did. I was like, whoa. <laughs> they now declare both men had their shoulders down. So this match was a draw. And Shawn Michaels retains the title, quote, pending a rematch, according to the announcement from Howard Finkel. Uh, it was reported in this pay-per-view, by the way. Oh, I know. After all of that, then this. And Conrad had brought up because, like, nobody was impressed with this. So Conrad Thompson brought up. He was like, you'd think they would just do a rematch like two nights later. But nope. They were like, eh, good enough. Moving on. Yeah. I had a plan for the King of the Rings, so it was fine. Right. Well, it was reported that Michaels was off his game and spent half of the match jawing with a heckling fan at ringside and appeared to be pissed off. He did. Every time they showed him, he just had a blank look on his face, like he wasn't into it. But after the match, he threw another tantrum when his music cue was missed, but that was edited out of the replays. He wouldn't even celebrate, and then just when they dropped the lights and played his theme, he just left. I don't know. So even after all of that, he can't even like dance around a little bit for the fans. He's just like, I'm out of here. F it. Been a rough night. Now we go to night two of Beware of Dog. The new announced team is Jim Ross and Mr. Perfect. Before the match begins, we see very dark footage of their match from two days before on uh, night one of Beware of Dog. Uh, they, them, I mean, uh, Steve Austin, Savio Vega in a strap match. Oh, then we get footage from Raw where Ted DiBiase says that if Stone Cold Steve Austin loses to Savio Vega, he'll quit the WWF. That was a last minute change because DiBiase put in his notice the other day that he was leaving for WCW when his contract expired in August. DiBiase has a Lloyds of London disability deal and is supposed to collect a major lump sum on that soon after uh, suffering a career ending neck injury a while back. So he won't be wrestling in WCW, but he may be able to take occasional bumps as ma- a manager, which he did. So I think this was WWF letting him go early because they're like, well, you know, you've been a, you've been good to us. You know, here you go. Bye. When did he pop up in WCW? Um, I, I know August, he was in the, September. Wasn't his first appearance where he was just shown in the crowd holding up like four fingers to symbolize there's a fourth man i or, or think he might like have started with, i think he might have started with money and then that ah because okay. as you know that's what wcw does they tease what they were before 
Uh, of course. Yeah. Well, it's, it, keep in mind, by the way, this is a weird thing to think about. He was only 42 here. AJ Styles, I think, is 43, I want to say. That's just nuts, man. But now we get Stone Cold Steve Austin with Ted DiBiase in his corner taking on Savio Vega in a Caribbean strap match. And if Austin loses, DiBiase quits. This one went 21 and a half minutes. Time to make with a scrapation, dude. Yappa pie. <laughs> yeah, the Yappa pie dude, strap match, brother. We're, we're covering that someday, Greg. I'm, I'm putting it on the schedule, damn it. Oh, I got plans that day. Yeah, you got to wash your hair. Uh, these two had a hell of a match, pal. I'll get into why I said it that way. But uh, they beat the absolute crap out of one another, man. I think DiBiase was on, honestly an underrated manager. I loved everything he did outside the ring. The match ends when both men go around touching all the turnbuckles, and Austin accidentally pulls Savio into the fourth turnbuckle for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this four stars. What say you? I gave it four. I really love this match. I don't know. I don't know what I expected. So you I haven't mean, watched this in forever. I know. I didn't know what to. I was like, well, I heard it was a good match, but I mean, it's a strap match, whatever. I, I like them, but they're never great. This was effing amazing. Like not just good. It was amazing. So Savio Vega, we can talk about, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy. But he was a hell of a wrestler, man, especially when he was in the they ring. Did, with... They did have a head start. If you think yeah. about it. Right. Well, they, and... It was kind of like a, a rehearsal the night or two nights before. Yeah, so. I was going to say they had a practice match a couple yeah, nights before so, the dark. But that doesn't, that, to me, that doesn't take away anything. I'm just pointing it out. Right, yeah. Well, because you can kind of say the same thing about most matches, because usually big feuds whatever uh they usually do them on the house shows for like ever before you ever see it on tv so but yeah this one uh like it, this was the one where I, the, the reason why i said it you know there's a hell of a match pal is because uh apparently when the lights were out and this match was going on uh, bruce pritchard said he's like out at the announce table like running down all this stuff to vince like in a in a frantic like well we're gonna do this and if this happens this you know we're gonna do this and blah 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 and vince is just sipping on coffee and he's like it's a hell of a match, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm glad to see you're calm. Well, he's going to get paid either way, so. Actually, he lost a crap ton of money on this show because of this. Yeah, but... He was probably fine. Oh, well, yeah. But, I mean, well, obviously it turned out fine in the end. But, uh, yeah, and Jim Ross backed it up. He was like, you'd expect him to scream and yell and cuss and raise hell. But he's like, nah, he was cool, calm, and collected because he was like, who, what what am I going to do? You know, there's literally nothing I can do. <laughs> so there you go. But after the match, DiBiase and Austin argue with each other before Austin storms off. Salvio Vega grabs the mic and he says to cut his theme song because the song that they're playing tonight is na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. <sighs> they actually play the song like they don't just chant it. They play the real song as DiBiase gets chased out of the arena by Vega. This was apparently a McMahonism because Pritchard said anytime they could, it's like, play the song. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, goodbye. <laughs> it's like he just loved that effing song. But now we see one of the longest running feuds in wrestling history, Shawn Michaels versus computers as he's chatting yeah. with people on AOL. It's always AOL, too. 
I know, right? Well, except that in your house, was he, I think he was just typing along. I don't know what the hell he was doing there. <laughs> but what was it? That was in your house, right? Where he's backstage with his like glasses pulled down. He's like typing away. I don't remember exactly which one, but I, know, a, I, I can picture it in my head, though. Yeah. Uh, but this next match, it is. Oh, you mean current day? Yeah. 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 OK. NXT in your house. Yeah. Uh, but we got Vader with Jim Cornette taking on Yokozuna in just shy of nine minutes. These guys <laughs> pop. I know. Uh, these guys posture uh. throughout most of the beginning of this one. Uh, but then it gets better. And it, I said it got better than it had any right to be, which is not saying that it was good. It's just better than it had any right to be. Yokozuna catches a racket shot from Cornette and and uh, or excuse me, he he catches the racket and pulls it from Cornette, and lays him out. Then he drags Jim into, into the ring, squeezes his hand, and headbutts him. Then he attempts a bonsai drop on him, but Vader pulls Cornette, barely pulls his ass out of the way in time. Uh, I think Jim saw his life flash before his eyes. Uh, Vader splashes Yoko's leg again. Then he hits the Vader bomb for the win. On night one in the dark, Yokozuna actually beat Vader in three minutes. So this was another change. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you? I, I gave it two. I was close to giving it one. Wow. Yeah, I really? guess it wasn't that bad, but I thought I it was just, just fun. I thought it was decent. One of the and again, this is faint praise. One of the best Yokozuna matches of this era. <laughs> so he and at one point he did have really good matches, but not during this time. He was. Him and Vader both were checked into, like, the uh, Duke weight loss clinic. And Jim Ross said they found out they were gaining weight somehow because in the middle of the night, they'd take off to go buy fried chicken. Yeah, <sighs> sad. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I've heard of guys sneaking off to go drink or do drugs, but really eat. Yeah. So well, I'm not even trying to be funny either. It really was an addiction, man. And... Everybody talks. I mean, it was so bad with Yokozuna. His one of his favorite meals was deep fried turkey ass dipped in mayonnaise. Lord. I've never heard of that in my life, but that was backed up by multiple people that can confirm this. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got a this openly made me laugh my ass off. We get a commercial for King of the Ring where kids are begging Jerry Lawler for food. And he tells him to get lost, and then he chokes on his turkey leg, and he dies, and he goes to heaven. <laughs> and he's in a big wrestling ring. And then everyone that was ever named king was a king or had the last name king or a nickname king. They're all there. They all beat the crap out of Lawler. He asks, where am I? As heaven turns into hell. And then Vince McMahon, dressed as Satan, laughs from a black throne. What? The F. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the hell does this have to do with King of the Ring? Uh, yeah. Uh, Because there's a bunch of kings, Greg. Cool. I'm sold. I'll buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, right. They had King Tut. They had Elvis. They had Don King. I'm not even joking about this stuff. But Jim Ross and Mr. Perfect talk about the card for that upcoming pay-per-view, including a rematch between Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog for the WWF title. So there you go. 
Yeah, you uh, thought AEW was the only one doing that. Nope, they promoted this stuff before, like right after too. <laughs> yep, there you go, man. But oh, a recap man. video is shown for Raw the previous night, where Owen Hart cost Ahmed Johnson a match against Vader. Ahmed being stretchered out, or was being stretchered out, and then Goldust gives Ahmed mouth to mouth to wake him up. Meanwhile, Jr. is saying this is sick and this is hideous. While he's giving him mouth to mouth. And then Ahmed wakes up furious, throws things, and then chases after Goldust, busting into his locker room. But he's not there. Ugh. I like how Mark Miller ratted him out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. He went that way. <laughs> like, thanks, Mark. But it's just like, can you imagine? Some, that? Little, some extra in your paycheck this week. but <laughs> Right. And don't get me wrong. I understand it was like, you know, unwanted sexual whatever you know mouth to mouth but do you think they would ever allow jim ross while a man is kissing another man on tv now to say oh that's disgusting that's hideous no don't don't think that would fly in 2021 that's all i gotta say (sighs) different times it it would be it would be sunny kiss right oh my gosh yeah i guess i i don't know him and joey janella but anyway, uh, we get Joey I guess, Janela's problem is he's too much of a perv for the women, though. So yeah, I, I don't understand how that little drowned rat-looking dude gets good-looking women. I just, is there something I'm missing here? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's down south. It has oh my to gosh, be, it has to be right. <laughs> yeah, well, and Pen- Penelope Ford goes from him to Kip Sabian. Well, that's. Kip I mean, it is an again. upgrade. I mean, look yeah. at him. You can tell, but really? Jimmy Jam wannabe? Yeah, I know, right? It's like uh, the dude who looks like Riff Raff. <laughs> and take that however you want it. Like Joey Janela oh, sucks. I, I'm not going to apologize for that. He, yeah, he, no. He yeah. offers nothing. Yeah, he, uh, a mutual friend and a listener to the podcast uh, messaged, messaged me a picture the other day, and I was like, what the F is this? It was like some hardcore garbage. And uh, he said, uh, GCW crap. And I was like, well, Joey Janela does own that place, as far as I know. So. Oh, that, yeah. Someone did go through that, by the way. Uh, of course. <laughs> 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 but I guess we should take uh, our second-to-last break. When we come back, we're going to get into... Well, the main event of night two, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming and 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event marks and unhinged sports network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. 
Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It is time for... I get I mean, it's the main event of the show, you know, when they edit it all together. And I didn't think it was bad, but we'll get into all that here in a minute. It's Gold Dust with Marlena. I I think he from what I saw, he's defending the Intercontinental title, correct? Yeah, one of my notes here was this the I feel like this is the only time feel free to correct me. This is the only time the Undertaker ever challenged for that title. Yeah. I I wanna say so. Yeah. I I can't think of any other time he would have at Never least, at least the only noteworthy time. I'll right. Say that. I didn't like. Did I miss the Intercontinental title or something? Did he like take it off real quickly and I missed it? Because I didn't remember seeing it. Uh, I didn't know to look for that, so I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just usually it's like you know the title's pretty yeah. prominent, but on, on whoever's wearing it or carrying it or whatever. But I just I didn't even see it. I'm like, that's why I was confused. I'm like, was this the title? Was this the one where he left the title somewhere? I remember Dustin saying that. Oh, I, I, I don't know, know if this was, was the one though. Yeah, one time he left the title somewhere and it wasn't on the it was on the line and he didn't have it. Like again, I don't know if this was the one, but I vividly remember him saying that. Oh, speaking of uh, <laughs> uh, leaving stuff somewhere and you know lost and found, I, I have a funny story for the end of the the podcast if we have time. But anyway. Uh, Goldust is defending the IC title against The Undertaker with Paul Bearer in his corner in a casket match for the IC belt. This went about 12 and a half minutes. The casket for this match is gold with Goldust star logo on top of it. Just going to say right off the bat, I love that. Yeah, it was pretty cool looking. I like the customized caskets they used to do back uh, then. Not to digress, but has, have you watched that, that A&E that treasure hunt, WWE treasure hunt thing they've been doing? <laughs> No, that's my next binge. Watch it's all the Undertaker on one, and you'll see all those old caskets in there. It's crazy. Wow, they still have them? Yeah, they're all in the warehouse. Yeah, you see all the old caskets. The only now one i got to go back and look and see if that was in there, because I forgot to look for that one. Oh, yeah. The extra big one for Yokozuna and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see what? the Kamala one with the stars and stuff on the, in the moon belly, so that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, the Undertaker starts the match by popping up behind Gold Dust after the lights drop, and then he jumps him. Goldust actually manages to hit the tombstone on The Undertaker at one point. That kind of shocked me. These two go back and forth for quite a bit. In the end, Undertaker hits a tombstone on Goldust. He, excuse me, he opens the casket and Mankind pops out with a mandible claw. He then closes the Undertaker. Oh, go ahead. Uh, this is what I was going to say. This is one of the things I love when we watch these back because I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh-huh. And that legit... Shocked the crap out of me because I forgot about that. And yeah. I, thought, I just thought it was so cool. I'm like, oh my god, I completely forgot that was going to happen. 
Uh, yep, and it would lead into uh, their never-ending feud. <laughs> Which, I mean, um, don't get me wrong, it was a great Well, I feud, believe right? they'd already had it going. Oh, really? Yeah, it started the night after WrestleMania 12, yeah. Hmm, okay. Well, either way... Uh, I just thought it was cool, though, because like, like, when you watch these back, you forget every... I mean, I, I feel like I remember every winner, but I forget stuff like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there are some details that's like, oh, yeah, that happened. It was a really nice touch. Well, Mankind drags the Undertaker into the casket, and he closes it up, but that damn lid broke off. Uh, So he just kind of has like, shove it on there. And then he has, like, a casket lock. He pulls out of his pocket, and he locks it closed the best he can. And then smoke billows out of it. Uh, Well, and we'll get to the aftermath here in a second, but on night one, it actually took six heels teaming up on the Undertaker to beat him which seemed to be a common thing for this era. (laughs) Why was it always like send out like six random heels to either bury him or put him in a casket? Yeah. um, One of the things about Royal Rumble 94, I remember so vividly is like Diesel was one of the guys that did it. And because of what he would do in the Royal Rumble an hour later, it's completely forgotten that he was involved in that. (laughs) Well, I like how I just, it's just, it's just funny to me. Like, Right. Some guys are involved in this and you forget they were involved in it. And Undertaker never really got revenge on any of these guys either. He's just like, he still owes the Nexus one for burying him alive. Remember? I mean, that just, that was it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He sent John Cena after him. He did his dirty work. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. This, uh, I like how they combined these two ideas later on and they're buried alive match. So (laughs) a little bit of both. But anyway, Uncle Dave. Did we do Buried Alive, by the way? We did, right? Yeah. Now in the archives, Buried Alive from 1996. Uh, It was back in October we did that I asked specifically so you can say that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now back in the archives. (laughs) Uh, The podcast obviously has its own archives. YouTube, if anything ever happens to the podcast archives, YouTube is steady. So definitely go subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, check it out on there. But anyway, Uncle Dave only gave this two and a half stars. I actually really liked it, and they gave it three stars. What say you? I gave it three as well. Not because of the match, because of the overall. I feel like... It's a casket match, so you have to grade on curve. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. But I feel like Goldust and Undertaker actually worked really well together. I don't think they did a lot together after this, but... You know, while they did work together, I mean, both are really good wrestlers, so. <clears throat> but anyway. And Dustin at, is better today than he was then. Yeah, he, he I is. I mean that. He He's a freak of nature. So that's, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, but after the match, Paul Bear gets the referees to unlock the casket. They open it, and the Undertaker is gone. Oh. Paul, Paul Bear freaks out and nearly cries, shouting, No! He's gone! And the lights drop as the Undertaker's theme hits, and the event comes to a close. So yet again, we're in the dark. <sighs> but this time it's on purpose. So, But yeah, so that's the end of the show. I guess we should take our final break. Uh, quick factoid about these caskets, by the way. These actual caskets, uh, Paul Bearer had a mortician's license, and only people with legit mortician's licenses can uh, purchase caskets like recreationally or whatever. So, and where do you purchase those at? Probably uh Caskets R Us, which is a subsidiary of Dead Man Inc. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
like how I worked that in there? I do. All right. All right. Anyway. But you do have to have a, a membership card to get into Caskets RS, right? Because you just said you have to be a mortician. So. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I, I, I get in by default because my last name is Adams. So I'm related to a mortician or a morticia. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to take our last break. Can I get your sister's back? number? Anyways, no. No. Uh, <laughs> it, when we come back, it is final ratings time. And what is to come on the podcast for the rest of the month? Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Wrapping it up here. (laughs) Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.81 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Overall, it was pretty good, but not great. What say you? Uh, I think I'm with you. I said C+. I just... Uh, one of the matches that was should have been good went way too long. There were some short ones in there. It was hampered by BS, as we all know. But yeah, you know, the, it was it was decent. Yeah, the opener wasn't great. The title match that the show was named after wasn't great. Uh, the strap match was amazing. Vader and Yoko was average, and uh, the main event was pretty good. The casket match, so. All in all, I mean, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. I would never encourage anybody to not watch it. But if you were going to watch one thing off the show, just one, it's got to be that Caribbean strap match. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Caribbean, but yeah, so I don't know. That's that's how they say it. So no, that's, the been people a, for, that's been an yeah. argument for years, apparently. So. Yeah, I mean, I do say Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't say Pirates of the Caribbean. That sounds weird. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you're saying it, but whatever. It's like New Orleans or New Orleans, you know? 
I don't think I'd ever say lean, New Orleans, actually. It just sounds weird. I feel like that would be like I-N-E-S or E-E-N-E-S. <laughs> yeah, one of them. <laughs> but uh, that does it for Beware of Dog, the 25th anniversary of the night the lights went out in South Kakalaki. For the rest yeah, of the month, 25 years later, it would happen again, but this time WrestleMania. Just... Yeah. Well, factoid. <laughs> right. Well... For the rest of the month, we don't have any other WWF shows. So uh, I'm just saying that right now. Next month is King of the Ring month. We do have two King of the Rings playing, including our one-year anniversary show that we're going to do up real big. And uh, I got some plans down the line. But uh, we'll get into that when it comes and closer. And what we all know, plans can change. They, they definitely can. Ask Uncle Dave. But next week, we are coming <laughs> – or we are covering – NWA Capital Combat 1990, the return of RoboCop. Oh, oh yeah. Buckle up, buckaroos. This one's going to be uh, a ride. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you need a palate cleanser, Greg, our bonus show is also next month or next week. Excuse me. Next Friday, we are covering ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. Yeah, because we hate you all. <laughs> well, the main event of that one is Lance Storm versus Just Incredible and Lance Storm's final match in ECW. We're we're covering very, three very different shows within a two-week span. So we got Capital Combat 1990, Hardcore Heaven 2000, and then on May 26th, to close out the month, we are covering AWA Super Clash 2 from, I want to say, 87 in the Cow Palace. I was old enough, I would have been there. Yeah, and then you would have been like, man, it all sucked. The whole thing sucked, <laughs> except for the main event. Oh, man. I really, I don't know. I haven't seen the show. I'm not going to say the whole thing sucked. It, it probably had some decent matches on it. Uh, in the archives now, we have uh, Super Brawl 3, if you guys want to go back and check that out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Super Brawl 2 was, I think, I, I think it was two years before Super Brawl 3. So they weren't super consistent with all that. But all right, that uh, that wraps it up for today. Again, please subscribe and review if you're listening on the podcast feed. If you're not, or if you are listening on the podcast feed and you're not listening on Unhinged Sports Network, check us out, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, every Wednesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we are also sponsored by Hubo TV and Fanatics. We told you about them in the breaks, and the links are down in the podcast description. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next week with very contrasting shows. But first, we're going to hit you with the return of RoboCop at NWA's Capital Combat. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Enjoy. Thanks. Order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. 
tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.